0: Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff, and today I want to talk about almost throwing somebody out of the gym, as well as delusions. So yeah, I almost threw somebody out Tuesday night. I got really mad. I'll tell you guys the story. So Tuesday, Thursday night, biggest night of training for us uh, throughout the week. Usually there's about 40 to 50 students. There's a lot of people on the mats. And when you have that many students, it means that you're signing up. So we get a lot of new students coming in because you guys know the turnover in jujitsu is pretty high. So you got to be signing up new people. So we always have new faces on the mats, whether people are trying classes. Then we have people visiting constantly, especially with how Huntsville and Madison's really starting to explode. Every week we have visitors and it can be kind of difficult to keep track of everyone. Now. We keep attendance, and this is very, very important. We used to not do it, and it was a huge mistake. The benefits of keeping attendance is, one, if somebody's missed a couple of weeks, you'll know, and you can contact them, and it really helps with your attention just to check in on people, get them back on the mats. Hey, we miss you. Come back. What's wrong? But also, and probably even more importantly, just to make sure everyone's paid you. Is this a paying member? And with our system, if somebody's like, Let's say their payment failed, it'll notify us. If we go to try and check them in, the system won't let us check them in. If they don't have an active membership, it'll notify us with that. And then sometimes the people aren't even in the system. And it's really difficult because, as I said, there's a lot of turnover. We get a lot of new signups. We got people visiting. And so sometimes there's people out there, honestly, a lot of times there's a, like one or two people out there were are like, who is that? Like, I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is? We're trying to figure it out, going through the system. Maybe somebody came, because this is pretty common. Some guy will sign up, he'll train twice, then he'll miss two months, and then he'll randomly show back up. And you're trying to like, ah, I feel like that guy looks familiar. But here's the thing. When you've seen as many faces as we have and you've talked to as many people, they all start kind of looking the same. A lot of them are late teens, early 20s, young, trying to do MMA, you know the deal, right? It's pretty easy, especially like when it's a woman because there's so few women that, you know, if we get a random woman coming in or, you know, we have a woman sign up and then she misses a month. Well, when she shows back up, it's like, well, we only got like nine women. So it's pretty easy (laughs) to put the the name uh, with the face. But with the guys, man, I'm telling you, there have been times we spent 20, 30 minutes just trying to figure it out. Well, Tuesday night, there's a guy training and Lindsay comes up to me. She usually takes attendance. She's like, Hey, like I was in my office. Hey, come here real quick. I want you to just like tell me who this is. And she was like, Hey, like who's that guy? So she points him out to me and I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Like he looks like a guy that signed up a couple weeks ago. I'm not sure though. Um, i <sighs> I don't know. I'll ask him. And we're about 20 minutes deep into class. So I was like, look, I'll just ask him after class before round start. So class ends. I go up to him immediately. I'm like, Hey, what's up, dude? Like, what's your name? And he told me his name. And I'm like, is this your first time here? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, Oh, cool. Did you fill out a waiver? And he was like, uh, I don't know. I don't think so. And I was like, Oh God. Okay. We'll come over here, fill out this waiver. And so he jumps off the mat, he goes to fill out the waiver and then he gets there and he goes, Oh yeah, I filled that out this morning. And I said, Oh, you took class this morning. We have a 6am class on Tuesday that Nakaya teaches. Now Nakaya had just flown back. She got back late Monday night from Cancun and then woke up at like 530 to teach her 6am class. So she's a savage, but he was like, yeah, I took the 6am class Um, so I filled one out there and I was like, oh, cool. Did you pay the drop-in fee? And he goes, drop-in fee? No. And I was like, oh, well, you're going to have to pay to train here. Like, it's all right. No big deal, but it's going to cost you $30 to drop in. And he was like, well, the morning instructor, the morning coach told me I didn't have to pay. And I said, well, that's wrong. You're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay $30. And he goes, well, I I don't have to pay. The coach told me this morning I don't have to, and so I didn't bring any money tonight. I have no money. And I was like, so you don't have any money on you? You have He's like, no, I didn't bring my wallet. And I'm just looking at the dude, and I'm like, you didn't bring a wallet. You're visiting from out of town, and you don't have your wallet on you? Okay. And I'm like, well, dude, I'm sorry, but, like, you've got to pay a mat fee before you can train, especially before you go roll with our guys. Like, you got to pay to train. This is a business. And he was like, well – I mean, I just, I don't understand because the coach. I said, look, I don't care what that coach told you. Like I'm telling you, you have to pay before you can train. It was just mind blowing to me. I was like, I, and he was like, well, I don't have any money. And I said, well, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. You can't train. He's like, well, what about cash app? And I was like, well, Lindsay takes cash app. I don't have a cat. Like you can pay Lindsay, but Lindsay just left. So, you know, she'll be back in a couple of minutes. She had to drop her daughter off um, to volleyball practice. And I was like, look, she'll be back in a couple minutes. If you want to pay her with cash app, you can do it there. I'll get her when she comes back and bring her over to you and you can pay her with cash app. But until then, like, so like, dude, you just can't train. That's just our policy here. And we're starting to get pretty strict with it, especially like, let me tell you guys. It is a pain in the ass. If you are visiting a gym for the first time, do not step on the mats before you sign a waiver and ask about a drop-in fee. Just do not do it, all right? Whether it's your first time or your thousandth time visiting, just do that. Because it is so annoying having to go out on the mats, drag people off, talk about business. It's like, look, first thing you should do. So this is my first interaction with this guy. And anyways, I turn around And I go over, because I'm getting ready to work with Justin. Justin just got back. Um, You know, he had that awesome, amazing fight out in Atlanta. He's just started training again. We were going to get some work in. And I look over, and the guy's back out on the mat. And literally, so this guy literally just completely ignored what I said, goes back on the mat and asks. We had two females training that night, and asks one of the females if they want to roll. He asks like a 115-pound girl if they want to roll. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm going to kill this dude. (laughs) So he sits and he's like, like they like go to like roll and I drove out there. I'm like, yo, what are you doing, dude? He's like, what? And I was like, I said, you can't train unless you pay. And he was like, oh, I I thought you said that I could pay afterwards. I said, no, that's not what I said. I said, you can wait to pay Lindsay with the cash app. He got really lucky in that Lindsay walked in at that moment. Because I was so tempted to say, "Hey, dude, get your shit and get out of here," because it just was super disrespectful. I, I mean, and again, like the audacity to go out there and choose—like this guy was probably 185, 190 pounds—to go out there and choose a female to roll. I'm like, dude, we don't know you. Like, and you're in a first round. You're gonna come out and choose like, like there's literally two girls in the entire class. There's, as I said, there's like 50 dudes out here, and you're gonna choose a girl it just had it, the dude was just off and honestly like talking with him and a couple of other people like that had dealt with him they were like the guy was off and anyways I was like look dude get off the mat if you want to go if you want to train you got to pay her first talk to her about the cash app thing and I just left her that I left him to Lindsay and so afterwards you know Lindsay came up to me and she was like hey like that guy, like, he could tell you a real, he was like, please, like, tell that guy that, like, uh, Paul, like, he could tell that I was real frustrated and mad at him, but she was like, look, I had talked to the guy previously, and I told him that he had to pay a mat fee, and that he shouldn't get on the mat before he ever, like, he has to pay a mat fee, like, I told him multiple times through email, because we'll get visitors, you know, they'll, they'll send us a courtesy, so he at least did that, like, hey, I'm dropping in, what's, like, the, procedure. And she laid out the procedure. Exactly. She showed me exactly what she sent the guy and was like, Hey, make sure you pay before you step on the mat. You have to pay $30. And so anyways, I'm watching and I'm like, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not the guy that goes out there and just tries to rip people limb from limb. But part of me is like, dude, I want to go out there and roll around with this dude and just destroy him. All right. That's what the human side of me wanted to do. But the mature side of me was like, look, no big deal. This dude's probably a white belt. Maybe he's probably, this is like the second or third time he's ever dropped in a place. He just, he doesn't, it's no big deal, right? Maybe he misheard me. Our communication was off. No big. And so I'm like, still kind of debating. I'm like, okay, do I roll with this guy? But I watched him roll and I just, I mean, he rolled with one of our purple belts and he he got beat really bad. Like it was just obvious to me that he was like pretty new, probably been training up. I was going to guess like eight or nine months. And I was like, okay, let's just no big deal. All right. It's not worth it. You know? And honestly, like you would just be bullying at that point. It's not a good look. I get it. You're frustrated, but let's just move on. Let's get back to working with the athletes. <laughs> and so me and Justin worked and I watched it and had a good productive class. Right. And then afterwards I went up to him, was like, Hey man, like no big deal. You know, um, hope you enjoyed training here. Hope you got some good rounds. And he was like, yeah, I'm really sorry. I'm like, no, look, no big deal. All right. Like because he was only going to be there for a day, I think he said. So anyways, look, guys, let me tell you this, especially because it's, it's, it's one of those things where probably it irks me that, again, people drop in and all the time, because we've just had a lot of people drop in, and they just slip in and out. Hey, I'll pay you after class, and they just leave, you know, or you forget, because here's my thing. is like I want to take care of the business up front so then I can get to my training, coaching my athletes, doing that type of thing. And so I totally understand, like, what the B team's dealing with when they say like, Hey, like if you jump on the mat and you haven't filled out a waiver and you haven't paid, it's a ban. Like you're just, you're going to be kicked out immediately because it is a pain to deal with. And I know a lot of people are hearing this going, this, that's, that's a little harsh, Matt. Like the dude's a white belt. He probably didn't know, like he comes in. Um, but at the same time, I'm like, look, Lindsay told him multiple times. And then I talked to Nakaya today. Cause I was like, Hey, like I was like, you almost got a guy killed Tuesday night. And she was like, ha, like I heard, like Lindsay told me. And I was like, well, what's the deal? Like, what are you saying? She's like, she told, or he told me it was his first time here and that he was trying class. So I just assumed like he didn't say anything about visiting from out of town. And that's why I told him he could train for free because we always let people train, you know, try class free. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, that makes way more sense because Nakaya's always done a phenomenal job, um, you know, just hey, this is the business that we do here. We charge drop in fees, or hey, like this guy wants to sign up. It's like she sells memberships, she knows the deal. So, anyways, just please, if you're visiting, some places don't charge mat fees, some places do. Every place has you fill out a waiver. Just do not get on the mats before you've done that. Just understand that this is common practice all across the world. Every place is going to have you fill out a waiver at least, and a lot of places, most of them are going to charge you a drop-in fee. It is a business, so please just be courteous and don't make people chase you. And definitely if somebody's like, hey, like, you can't train, like don't run out there and then pick a female. That was the thing. It was like when I saw him pick the female, I was like, you know, if you would have maybe picked like a black, you know, like one of the brown or black belts training that night, I'd have been like, okay, like – you know, let me watch this dude get destroyed real quick. But when he picked the female, I was like, nah, dude, get you're going to have to get off the mat. I'm not going to, I'm not about to watch you spaz out. You know, I don't know you, maybe he would have trained great with her, but I'm definitely not about to watch you try and spaz out on one of our white belt girls who's 120, 25 pounds. And yeah, that's not going to happen. So get off the mat and yeah. But now I want to talk about delusion because I think this is actually really important to have, to have some delusion, some ideas of grandeur. And I was telling this to the athletes today that, you know, most of them are kind of delusional about their skills, right? And I remember in my days uh, when I was competing a lot that I, you know, I believed that I could compete at ADCC as a blue belt, as a purple belt. Like, man, if you just get me in as a purple belt, I think I could win a match, And you talk to a lot of competitors and they have that, you know, and specifically when I think about our MMA fighters, a lot of those guys, you know, they're doing really well. They're in the top 10 in the Southeast. So out of hundreds of guys, they're in the top 10. Um, All of them have really good records. You know, they've got people all the time telling them how awesome they are, that they're going to be in the UFC. And so those guys, like I've heard them say all the time, they'll be like, watch a UFC fight. And like, dude, I could totally beat that guy in a fight. (laughs) And you know, you're kind of sitting back as a coach and you, you let it happen, right? So this is what I want to tell you guys is I want my athletes to have those ideas, but I also need them to test themselves. I also need them to go out there and prove and go out there and test that delusional idea. And so when you have somebody who's not competing or not putting themselves out there or just believes crazy things, like we all hate that guy, right? We all cannot stand being around people. We've all been there where somebody's trying to give you advice on your business. Somebody's trying to give you advice on the promotion you're running. Somebody's trying to give you advice on jujitsu or fighting. Like, my dad has given me advice on Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Like, we've watched some UFCs together, and my dad will, like, give me advice on the groundwork. And he's never trained. Like, he wrestled for two years in high school, but he never trained. He hasn't trained in grappling in, like, 40 years. And he's trying to give me advice. And I was just, its always mows my mind, you know. <laughs> um, so, you don't be that guy. Like, I love my dad, but come on. Like, don't. Like, that's just delusional. It's crazy talk. Somebody trying to give you advice on in your life, trying to tell you how to run your business or what you should do next. And it's like, I didn't ask. And what experience do you have? Oh, well, I would do this or I would do that. And I've talked to people. I remember there was one person that trained at our gym. She was a, a female and she would talk like, she was like, I'm going to go win a world championship. I'm going to go do IBJJF worlds this year. And I would really like, I loved it, but I would just try and get her to go out there to compete at the local tournaments, so and she wouldn't do it. She was always like, no, no, no. I'm just going to do the big tournament, uh, Nogi worlds at the end of the year. And this is years ago. This is before you had to qualify and everything. You just had to get registered and go out and do it. But she would never do it. She did this This was multiple year thing. This girl was a blue belt. She spent a few years at Blue Belt and quit, so she never made it to Purple Belt, but she would just tell me, and then it kind of got to the point after, like, two years of her going, nah, this is the year, like, every time, like, hey, what's your goals in jiu-jitsu, like, what are you trying to do this year, and then she would just constantly tell people, well, no, I'm going to go out to California, I'm going to go compete at this big tournament, I'll, no, 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 I don't want to do that, and it's like, well, no, no, like, why don't you prep, why don't you do, like, four tournaments, one each quarter, and then work your way up, but the people that I, and the reason why I think uh, like delusions are good, like that, when you can't go out there and you can't perform and you can't go out there and test yourself, not good. I don't want to hear you talk about how you're going to be a blue belt world champion when you won't even go compete at a Naga. But if you're an MMA fighter and you think you can beat MMA guys, well, if you're willing to go out and you're willing to train at different gyms, you're willing to go spar different guys, you're willing to go, out there and fight on the weekends, you know, you're willing to go and face anybody and everybody and work your, your way up the rankings. I I love hearing the talk. I think it's super important. I think you need to have that kind of crazy level of confidence where again, some people on the outside be like, dude, like you're kind of delusional. And so I want to tell you this story. Before I sign off about old Travis the mantis Thomas, so Travis, I've told you guys many times, is a freak of nature. The guy's been training just over two years now. He's five and one. He's he was the number one. He's the number one ranked guy in the southeast at one eighty five. Um, he's a purple belt. He's the fastest guy we've ever promoted to blue and purple belt. Like the dude's a beast, but at the same time, he's been getting really good results. The only losses he's ever taken is from a couple of leg locks. For whatever reason, people that get leg locked and that's their only losses, they just don't really count that. So, in his mind, he's like, well, if leg locks didn't exist and they don't really exist in MMA, like, I'm undefeated, you know? And so he's, you know, said it like multiple times. He's like, I could beat, I think I could beat Alex Pereira. You know, I think I could beat this UFC fighter. I think I could beat that UFC fighter. And, you know, people will give him, you know, they'll, they'll give them a little shit for that. Like, come on, dude. Like, you think you could be Alex Pereira? Or you think you could be Israel Adesanya? Or you think you could beat this guy or that guy? And Travis, uh, his confidence is sky high. He's like, yeah, like, I, I just, I think I can. And so... Travis is getting ready to go to Thailand for a month, so he's kind of been in a lull. He fought in January, but our big thing is like after he gets back from Thailand, he's going to go pro, but the last thing we want, because he's going to go spend a couple months in Thailand, is for him to get injured before he goes out there, and so he's had a couple fight offers for, uh, for April in a couple of weeks, but again, he's leaving at the end of April, and we're like, the last thing we want you to do is get injured before this, especially for a free amateur fight, so Instead, I was like, "Hey, like, why don't you go out to Vegas and go train at Extreme Couture and try and spar with Sean Strickland?" Now, here was my master plan: is Travis had been out to Vegas and he had trained there uh, for a week there before. He's got some family and friends out there, and so it's pretty easy for him to get out there. And flights from Nashville are like they're like a hundred bucks, so it's pretty easy for him to get out there. But, anyways, this time I was like, "Look, when you go." I need you to go to Extreme Couture and I need you to spar. And I'd be sick if you could spar with, you know, I know they got a bunch of UFC guys up there, but especially Sean Strickland. Because I knew Sean Strickland is a mean, mean fellow. I've seen a handful of UFC guys train. I've trained with some, like, a, quite a few UFC fighters. And for the most part, like, you get two. Two different types. Some are super chill. They just want to flow roll. They want to work on techniques. They want to like really get deep into philosophies of training. And then you got the dudes that don't care about that at all. They just want to find out. They want to go hard in the paint. And from everything I've seen about Sean Strickland and the couple people I know that have trained with Sean Strickland, they're like, he is a mean dude. He like there's just days he's gonna try and kill you. And Sean's a top five UFC middleweight at 185 travis's weight and he's a guy that i think travis is probably like dude i could like because you watch sean he's like it's not like Pereira; he doesn't look overly athletic he's a beast i think sean's an absolute monster but you know he's definitely a guy that like super skilled and everything but i can see travis just like kind of looking like i think i could hang with that guy but i also knew that if they sparred that sean would really try and kick his ass so Travis goes up there Tuesday. Uh, he actually goes up there. No, what's today? When? Yeah. So he goes up there Tuesday, yesterday, and he ends up sparring seven rounds. He said the first thing, uh, Sean Strickland walks in. So Travis has been in Vegas for five days now. He goes over to Extreme Couture yesterday. Sean Strickland walks in. The first thing he goes, uh, he goes up to Travis and goes, he looks at him, and goes, "You're either really good at fighting." Or you do a lot of drugs, and tra- and Travis is like, yeah, uh, and Sean was like, well, what's your what's your record? And he's like, I'm five and one, and Sean Strickland goes, oh man, that's a really good record, and Travis was like, well, it's an amateur. I'm getting ready to go pro, and he goes, ah, he's like, well, we're gonna show you the difference between amateur and pro today, and Travis said the entire they he sparred seven rounds, I think seven fives. Uh, five minute rounds and the entire time Sean Strickland was talking shit to him Sean was you know told a couple of the guys he was going with to try and knock Travis out and Travis went with a couple of UFC fighters and then in the sixth round he got Sean he said Sean put it to him it was the worst you know ass whipping that he's taken uh, since he's been training it's not like Travis got knocked out or anything but he's like Sean was going hard and just really trying to put it to him And Sean got the better of him on the feet, took him down, beat him up from the guard. And Travis was humble. He messaged me immediately and was like, man, I just got my butt kicked. (laughs) And it was awesome. It was kind of like that was my master plan. I wanted him to go out there and experience that. And that's what I'm saying is you can have these thoughts. You can believe this. And you just got to go make sure you test it and find it out. I think everybody that's ever done anything great has had ideas that most people consider delusional or considered crazy. And they just kept working at it. They kept testing things out. They kept trying to walk the walk. They talked it, but they went out and tried to walk it and they eventually figured it out and they did something great. And so to me, this is a very important lesson for just all of us to dream big. But at the same time, we can't be scared. We got to go out. And if you say, if you're one of those guys, you're like, Hey, I can beat Gordon Ryan or I can beat Gary Toner, and you watch one of these best dudes, and you're like, dude, I could beat Andrew Tackett. He just won CJJ, but I could beat him in that rule set. If you're not going out there competing, if you're not going out there putting it on the line, you're not going out to go train with Andrew Tackett, because I know he's one of those guys, like if you went out to Andrew Tackett's place, he would give you a comp round in a heartbeat. Then nobody wants to hear it, and honestly, if you're not willing to do that, you're probably not very good at your craft, because anybody that's getting good and trying to master what they're doing, they want to know. They want to find out. They want to know exactly where they are. And so they'll say these things and they'll believe these things, but they, at the end of the day, they want to go find out more than anything. And if they fail or they succeed, they take that data and they just keep on pushing. And that's the thing I told Travis, I was like, look, like I knew two things were going to happen. Either you were going to hang with, and maybe you get the better Sean Strickland. And then, you'd know, we'd know or you know, Sean would put it to you (laughs) and, you know, just, it would just let you know that like, there's levels to this game. You've been training just over two years. You're doing great. But at the same time, we got a lot more work to do. And it was cool. You know, he told me afterwards that the coach at Extreme Culture told him, he's like, dude, like, you did really good. And Travis was like, man, you know, I feel like, especially with Sean, you know, I got my ass kicked. And he was like, honestly, dude, he's like, most guys that come here, they don't make it past round two or three. And the fact that, like, you were going forward the whole time, you were trying to bring it to these guys as well, he was like, mad respect, man. You did real good. And so I'm super proud of Travis. But at the same time, I'm very happy that, uh, you know, he got a little humble pie figured out that he's got some some areas he needs to work on and that he's still got quite a bit of ways to go before he's fighting in the top five in the UFC and definitely contending for that championship belt but at the same time he believes he's going to be a UFC champion and I think this test this test of you know his beliefs um, is only going to make him better in the long run. till next time guys love and appreciate you. Got Christian Eccles fighting Saturday in Trussville. So if you're in the Birmingham area and you want to come and see my guy, Christian, the vanilla gorilla, Eccles, put a whooping on somebody, get your tickets. It's for B2. So you can go to B2 online or get your tickets there. It's going to be a great show.